I've seen these opportunities literally change the trajectory of people's businesses because some CEO saw a local segment and just offered someone a life-changing opportunity for their brand. This is a Soulfire production. You are listening to episode 175 of Yes Sand with me, Judy Holler. All right, y'all, speaking of speaker school, one of the things we have to talk about in speaker school and we will be talking about in speaker school is pitching and PR and press. You know, you've seen on my bio and certainly if you followed my work that I've been mentioned in success and and quoted by Forbes and I've had some really great exposure. I've been on media um, in in different regions and I've, I've really been leaning into how to do more of this, right? And how to get better at pitching myself and what does PR really look like? And it can be such a scary investment to make because it's pricey um, and it doesn't happen over overnight. It's like anything you invest in, like you could buy anybody's course, but my God, you've got to do the work. There's no five minutes to famous, right? There's no workaround. The workaround is the work. So I thought when we were, you know, getting prepared for speaker school, but also having conversations that are really high level, like the conversations we're going to have inside of speaker school, we got to talk about PR. And I am so, so freaking excited because I have the goat on with me here today. She is Nicole Maiden, and she is on a mission to help you get the press and coverage you deserve. And Nicole (laughs) is the real deal. She has been connecting people and brands with the media for 23 years. She started her career in December of 2000 in LA, working in the entertainment industry, Disney, Fox, American Idol, Sony, like all kinds of dope stuff. Now she's an Arizona girl, babe. She's moved over here to Arizona. I'm so excited. And her niche right now is to serve locally-based Phoenix and Scottsdale, Arizona-based businesses like mine, not only through retainer projects, but she's also serving small business owners like us through nationally recognized press and regional, like in your own backyard press through her soon-to-launch purpose and PR system and toolkit to help us sort of based anywhere establish ourselves in our local markets first through earned media coverage so that you can kind of get this moving on your own without writing a $10,000 check a month. I mean, PR is not cheap. So how can you scale this and do this on your own, especially in your own backyard? So her kit includes PR systems, which you know I love, templates and procedures to really garner and get the local media coverage where you are based. We're going to break all of this down. She's come from LA and she's now in Scottsdale making some big waves. She runs around with a lot of like women in the Scottsdale area that I just love and respect so much. So I was able to call in a flavor flave and get Nicole on the podcast today so that we can break it down. We are covering PR and pitching and press in speaker school. And this is going to pour rocket fuel on that conversation. 
conversation. So I can't wait to share Nicole with you. And if you want to go even deeper into some of these tactics, and by the way, I am going to be doing six lives with you as a part of speaker school. Okay. So you're going to get access to people like Nicole, where we get to spend an hour Q&Aing and asking questions and real-time debriefing the content inside of speaker school. So Nicole's one of these people that I'm going to be learning from. I want you to learn from. Today is going to get that party started. But if you want to pour rocket fuel on this conversation and beyond, if you want to speak professionally, if you have a business and you want to shine a light on that business and grow it, speaker school is for you. Because let me tell you something, hear me loud and clear. Nothing will grow your brand, your business, your career, any of it faster than stepping on stage and shining a light on it. This is what speaker school was created for. And Nicole is out there doing that work in the world. My God, I let me just get into it because she is a babe. She is so smart and so lovely and so divine. And really, truly, we are so lucky to have her brilliance on the show. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Nicole Maiden about PR and pitching yourself so that you get the press you deserve. Let's go. Okay, fam. I, guys, I know I've, I've just built her up and I know you're like, I feel like I'm like at the Kentucky Derby ready to come out of the gates. Like I have been wanting to have this conversation on my podcast for so long and the incredible, my creative director, Sage Aubrey with House of Nectar, um, working in tandem with Lisa, Lisa Botcher, they introduced me to you and really Sage and you are personal friends. And you know, she called me in a favor by getting you and your magic on my show during speaker school launch, because one of the conversations we are going to have in speaker school is how to, you know, pitch and how to sell. And if you can't pitch and if you don't sell, you don't have a business, but what does that look like? Right, Nicole? Because so many people think like, oh, good morning, America, Forbes, success, and all of that's great. But we forget about some of the low hanging fruit. And I mean that with all love and respect that is in our backyard. And that is one of the anthems you shout about in your work. But of course, I want to talk about like media kits and what a pitch includes and what mistakes people are making. So I think maybe if it feels right for you, I want to hear from you in your words, like what got you in? I mean, you were in LA, you know, you started in this game in 2020, working for some of the most major brands. Like did you go to school for this? Like what got you into the PR game or did you sort of like some of us fall into this work that has now become like our love? What got you, what got you here so that we can go there? First of all, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to be here and congratulations on your launch. It is so important for people to see people making moves and bringing things forth into the universe. So thank you for honoring the process and trusting your gut. And so much of that energy is so aligned with what I do and what I teach. Um, I fell into this uh, actually 23 years ago. I grew up in Los Angeles, long of it short. And I think when you grow up in Los Angeles, like especially my generation, we were all so consumed by movies and entertainment. And I wanted to be one of those broadcast journalists on the red carpet. Oh my God. Right. Oh, same. I wanted to be. I wanted to be an MTV VJ. I'm like. I'm gonna be downtown Julie Brown. Like legit. Hold on, Nicole. I never knew this about you. We must be. Did you go to high school in the '90s? Were you like '90s baby? Of course. <laughs> okay. Great. 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 Well, not babies. Not yeah. not baby in the '90s. But we were like. Like I graduated in '94. I think you might be close. I feel like you. Okay. Yes, my girl. Okay. So guys, 
we have a lot of women in that circle that listen. So right off the jump, I am with you. You yeah. want it to be the red carpet, like the entertainment yeah. news anchor. Okay. That yeah. was the plan. And so I ended up going to college. I grew up in LA, went out to university of Arizona. That was my first forte into Arizona life. And my yeah. brother had gone there. I went to visit. I fell in love. I studied media and journalism in college. And in my yeah. summers, I spent, ooh, I'm getting chills because I, I the so story fun. is wild. I spent my summers interning at local TV stations in Tucson, where the college was, and also coming back to LA and doing entertainment reporting for um, a, a subsidiary, basically, of People Magazine. At the time, it was called Teen People Magazine. And so oh I was gosh. flexing the writing muscles. I was learning about you know broadcasting. And my senior year of college, um, I was sitting in front of my class waiting to go in and doing a crossword puzzle. It was a crossword puzzle in our school paper because of course we didn't have social media then. And I was buying some time. We were like from the old school. We were, we were like, I was using my camera. I always make the joke (laughs) that like we were Periscope and Instagram living, like for girls like us that went to school for this, like before it was it. So talk about reps on stage, right? Like we have been in the game before there was even like a live button. Yeah. Yeah. Like email started when we came into college. Right. So I am doing a crossword puzzle. I happen to see an ad. We talk about divine timing. I literally have chills all over my body telling this story because this was a moment of divine intervention. If I've ever seen it, I was set on becoming a broadcast journalist. I was going to write for a magazine. I never even allowed myself to think of anything else. And I see this ad for Kodak Film and Mm -hmm. they were sending students to go intern at the Cannes Film Festival in May of 2000. Now I see this and immediately think Cannes Film Festival, right? Growing up in LA, the energy, the excitement, this is my dream to get to that festival, right? So I, then I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm not a film student. I applied anyways. I wrote a handwritten note, basically in trunical fashion, just went for it. I told them what I was studying. I told them what I was passionate about. I tossed it to the universe. I was like getting ready to graduate. And then I get this snail mail letter in the mail and I have been accepted to go to this internship. And because I wasn't a film student, they have assigned me as my two week internship to shadow a film publicist. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now I have no idea at this moment what a film publicist does because May of 2000, and I think our generation you were, people weren't talking about publicity as a career, let alone studying it in school. It it became something that you could study a little bit more down the road. So I'm looking at this, I call my parents screaming. I'm so excited. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what my job's going to be. To just fast forward the story, I end up shadowing this film publicist as a result of being there. I got to interview celebrities. I got to write press releases. I got to actually see the universe show me that all the things that I love and that I have passion for kind of encompass this job that I didn't even know existed. And so because of that internship, I came back, I graduated, and I launched into my public relations career in Los Angeles, right out of school, working in an entertainment studio. And 23 years later... This is what I still do. Oh my gosh, Nicole, it's (laughs) incredible. And I have goosebumps for you because I think we can all point back to moments where we, despite our fear, despite our doubt, went for it. Like literally said, you know what? I I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But what I do know is that I would 
possibly regret not leaping for it. Did you find yourself at that age? Let's talk before we transition about confidence. I think so many people are always like, oh, but Judy, you're so confident. You're so confident. You're so confident. I'm like, yo, the only reason I'm really this confident is because I've had so many reps in the game. Like I was just a high tolerance for pain now. And that started in my twenties. Like I would just play these games with the universe, but also like I went and auditioned for like MTV's Wanna Be a VJ in Chicago. Of course, I mean, I got kind of far, but like bombed ultimately. But then I learned like, okay, I can bomb and live to talk about it. But had I not put myself out there, I wouldn't have learned some pretty fundamental things about myself, right? And so did you, were you confident, like what made you say, or were you just kind of like at that point, okay, did you just have a good relationship with failure knowing if it doesn't work, I'm going to be okay. Like, tell me about your mindset at that age when you were like crossword puzzle submitting to cans. Yeah. It's, it's wild to even think about it because I'm actually in awe of the confidence that I had. Yeah. I, Sometimes I am too. Same, same. Where, where did that come from? A little delusional. A little like delusional. I was a little delusional too. Yeah. Always grew up with, you know, my parents are my biggest cheerleaders. I am so grateful for their two souls and that we are doing life together. My father passed away five years ago. And because of that, we'll get into why I transitioned now into doing what I'm doing. But I always felt free from their guidance to not worry about failing, but worry that we didn't go for something that we wanted. Regret. And because I had that always in my head, and I also watched my father build a business from scratch, I think I grew up just innately feeling like we just need to take risks in life. And there are certain things that are going to work out in our favor. And there's other things that aren't, but we're going to learn from them and get clarity to pivot into other things. So the self-awareness that I had with that at that age was, was strong. There were other lessons that I, I absolutely needed to learn along the way, but confidence at that age, I just was so, I guess, excited about all these opportunities that I felt like if I don't take them now, what am, when, when will I, how many opportunities do you get to go intern at the Cannes Film Festival right before you're graduating college? Like it was a non-starter. I knew I had to go. And the ripple effect from that internship, I mean, it is just wild to look back at the trajectory. Yes. And, you know, I will say this, even though I believe that was very much a divine mediation soulfully for me to, to go that way. Cause I am a very soulful and intuitive person in my business and in life. But I do believe that. Um, and I know for a fact, when we talk about confidence, I have other purposes here in this life, the public relations and the way that I teach it now is one of those. And, and I've had this beautiful journey with it and it's shifting now in a different way. That's more aligned to me now, but I will have other things that I'm going to do. And so when we talk about confidence, I think that people are afraid sometimes to try things because they might think, oh, this might be the only thing I get to do. Whereas yeah. if you can sit with it and just honor the process, which I know is so hard for all of us, you just yes. never know where it's going to lead you. We know that yeah. we have enough evidence of it. We do. And that's truly confidence, right? This evidence. Like I'm always like, it's evidence. Like I can fail and live to talk about it, which gives me the guts to keep doing it. You've said so many things I love. Tina Fey has this great quote. She's like, you know, really truly success is like 90% delusion <laughs> and 10% strategy. Like yeah. you have to 
you legit have to like, you know, I always think that's why people are in overwhelm. They don't have a plan. They, and number two, they cannot imagine themselves in the magazine, on the stage, in Good Morning America. So like, let's bring this full circle because you said something else very beautiful. Like people are missing opportunities every single day to shine a light on their magic. And you are helping us do that. Yes. And this is, this is why I get so excited. You know, what happened for me is I spent almost 20 years. I was about 17, 18 years into my career in LA with huge big box brands, huge brands. I saw all the back end ways to launch huge brands with huge budgets. I came here on a soulful journey seven years ago. I didn't know anybody when I moved here except a couple of people that were lingering around um, in college. So we talk about confidence. I think back to the girl I was in college. I moved here. I left my whole network behind. I left everything I knew behind to start an entire fresh chapter. I grieved my identity. I grieved everything. But I felt a soul tug to come here. So when we talk about confidence, I mean, I came here, started my entire life over from scratch at 35 years old. And yes, girl. I put myself in every room here in this yes. town in Scottsdale, Arizona to meet people, to learn about people, to understand my market, and also start meeting with the local media. And this is the piece that I think I found the most joy with. I was so lit up talking to all these amazing business owners and creators here who had beautiful stories beautiful missions, beautiful products, beautiful services, and beautiful whys. And they kept saying, Nicole, how do I get on television? How do I land in the magazines? And I started to think, wow, you are all worthy of press. You just need someone to help you understand how to connect the dots. And so this entire new purposeful way of doing publicity formed for me to start a business where I could teach entrepreneurs and small business owners that they are worthy of these opportunities, even if they don't have the big box budgets. And the only reason they're not getting the opportunities is because they're not in the right mindset yet of receiving them. Because the Mm. only reason that other people are getting those opportunities is because they're putting energy into going after them. And that is the truth because everybody has them for the taking. So we have to put energy into them to receive them. And then we know what happens when we receive one, right? The universe is like, okay, you want that? Let me show you what this looks like when you keep having faith in this process. Yes. Faith and the ability to keep moving despite the discomfort, right? So one of my favorite, Nicole, like everything you just said, I love. And you know, I also love this so much about you. Like Sage was saying the same thing and like knowing her soul. And I think like-minded people find like-minded people and you can start to, you know, sniff out the posers and the people who maybe aren't in it for the right feelings, but like you really lead a spiritual business and you have found this, this ability to fuse what you do to earn an income with this beautiful um, way to make an impact. And I'm always saying that just because you're making a profit doesn't mean you lose purpose. Actually, if anything, your profits help you live into your purpose even more. Okay. And one of the things you teach, and I think this is what makes you so spec, there's so many things that make you spectacular, but I love this specifically because it's not what I thought was the case. Like as you know, and I'm, I am like a 
perfect sort of student into your world because I have built a certain level of success and I'm wanting to pour rocket fuel onto it because just a lot of people just don't know about me and I have to buckle down and do the work and I have such a great sales strategy in my keynote business, but I, I have a pitch and I will talk about pitching in a minute, but I'm not leveraging opportunities locally. I have continued to have my sights on like the big stuff, which can feel really overwhelming and actually isn't the smarter way to start. So let's go back to what you just said about when you moved here, you got into every room that you could locally and you really champion this message of like, owning your backyard, getting, becoming a celebrity in like your town. Let's talk about that because this is something people aren't doing, right? And it's the place to start. They're not doing, and there's a hundred million reasons why they're not doing it. And that's okay. But if I can embark a message onto people who are overwhelmed by this process, first of all, public relations doesn't need to be overwhelming. I'm a big fan of Marie Forleo. I believe you are as well. Oh my God. I love her. I I took her B school in 2013. It changed my life. (laughs) I love her. And I love, I heard her recently say, I don't do overwhelm. And and I love, right? Old story. We've all been in overwhelm. But when we're talking about public relations, the best way I can break it down is this. If we're business owners, we put energy into our consulting contracts or our um, you know, accounting processes or our yeah. legal agreements or building our brand or our website. So, or our team members, right. And, and company yeah. culture, all these things. This is so me, right? so me right now. Right. This is all the stuff I'm doing. Right. Yes. So if we want to inject public relations energy into our business, we have to not only have room for it, we mm. have to also be ready for it. And so I always tell people, we got to start with the mindset, okay, right? The mindset is I can write down in my journal every day that I visualize myself stepping onto the studio and being on the Today Show. And that feels amazing. It feels amazing to share my message on a national platform. I deserve it. It will happen. But if it's not happening today, you are still worthy as a business owner because what you can do is really niche down and become the go-to person on your way to the Today Show in your local market. So what does that mean? This is where we take the overwhelm out. People forget how much opportunity is sitting in their local market. You have television stations, you have local magazines, you have local podcasts, you have local online outlets, and you have local hyper-local regional newspapers. And I think a lot of times I see business owners forget that having a beautiful feature in a local magazine where you are able to tell your why, tell your story, and connect emotionally to someone who's reading it is so powerful. It could even be more powerful than landing in a national outlet, right? Because you just never know who's reading something or who it resonates with that could then become a potential organic brand loyalist and brand follower of you, right? Or, or someone who's purchasing from you. So when we talk about local media, I love the idea that I've had the chance to work with thousands, literally thousands in the last seven years. I don't even know how this all happened this day, but thousands of business owners who looked at me and said, Nicole, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I'm worthy. And then I see them 
through, you know, the way that we, we go through the process, they're on magazine covers, they're getting two page spreads, they're regular contributors on local TV stations. It's incredible. And why this is important is because if you can build a reel in your local market and identify yourself and position yourself as your go-to expert in your market for what it is you do, how amazing will that be when you already have the reel teed up to then go pitch a local I'm sorry, a national TV producer, and they can see how you are on television talking about your why and your mission. You already have it. And so they're going to be way more likely to be interested at a national level when they see that you've already done the work in your local market. This is like, I just had a like, you know what I mean? Like, like, duh, moment. Like, guys, this is what we do in the speaking industry. You got to have real, you've got to have tapes. So where do you go get it at the beginning? You own what you have in front of you, which nowadays can be guesting on podcasts, your own social media. Like we need to see you. And then you turn that into trust, which turns itself into a free gig. And then you leverage the free gig and then you get that free gig filmed. And now we have tape. And then we put that on our website and meeting planners now trust us. It is the same game in the media, meaning go get yourself out there, spin that into a reel that we can then use to pitch into the larger outlets. Um, So the other thing, okay, so great. Love it. Like that just clicked in for me. Before we go any further, I got to give a quick shout out to Advocare, our podcast sponsor. If you didn't listen to the episode a few weeks ago, I share the entire behind the scenes scoop on how I got that five figure podcast sponsorship and how I leveraged that opportunity and the ability to really lean into a relationship I had built with them. I was legit using their products and legit keynoting for them. And so I said, hey, you know me, I know you, let's work together. And here we are two two years later. And I just worked out with my trainer this morning and I don't make a move without biofuel or pre-workout. And my goodness, their lineup of performance supplements, their sports line, certainly the collagen, the rehydrate and the melt probiotic. Come on, you guys, it's so good. So go on over to the show notes to learn more about Advocare, get discounts when you shop and support the show. Feel Better 15, that's Feel Better 1-5, get you discounts. And my goodness, we're teaching this kind of stuff in speaker school. You know, are you looking for opportunities around you on the regular to lean into the relationships you have? And Advocare is one of my favorite relationships. So go check them out. Will you link in the show notes, Feel Better 15, that's Feel Better 1-5 to get discounts when you shop and support the show. You also mentioned carving out time for this. So you're saying that if we want it, we have to deploy energy and effort against it. So we should probably be pitching, like I sell my keynotes like almost daily, it feels like, but definitely I spend Tuesdays and Thursdays. I spend two to six hours a week pitching myself for keynotes. So we should be carving out time to pitch and how often should we be pitching? And can we talk about like maybe your best practices without spilling all the beans or whatever beans you want to spill? Like how do we pitch? Yes. All the beans. So, okay. First of all, one of the things I teach with my students and the workshops is you actually hit it was carving out time. So here's why it's important. What I just teed up is the reality of someone putting in energy and and manifesting those opportunities. But if we come back a little bit, in order to get to those opportunities, there's a couple of 
very important tactical and practical things that we have to do. One is we have to create the mindset that we're open to these opportunities, what we talked about. The other big piece is twofold, research and carving out time in our calendar. So what I teach people at the workshops is actually put in your calendar, even if it's just start for one month, two hour buckets a week, maybe it's on a Tuesday and a Thursday. You never want to pitch the media on a Friday and you never want to pitch the media during a major holiday or any kind of like breaking news. So if you want to put a placeholder, for instance, in your calendar on like a Tuesday and a Thursday, and you carve out one hour, here's what I want you to do first before you get to your pitch. We have to be super energetically organized before we pitch to understand who we're pitching. This is the biggest mistake that people make. They send out blanket pitches and they don't realize oftentimes that they might be going to the wrong person. And that is okay because they wouldn't know. And I wouldn't know if I wasn't doing this for a living, but our best thing we can do is research preparation and research. So I teach people how to create like a regional local media Rolodex. You can literally take a spreadsheet, a Google doc. You want to create columns and you want to start thinking about what is in your local market that you can start eventually reaching out to, right? Have an intern help you research magazines, research all the TV stations, research all the newspapers, and just start compiling them into a spreadsheet. What we want to do is we want to actually, now we have the internet, we have social media, we have LinkedIn, we have all kinds of ways of finding out the right person to go to. So for instance, if you are a fashion person, you're not going to want to go to the sports editor at a magazine, right? That's kind of the most basic example I can give, but we want to make sure we're hitting the right person. So maybe we're looking at morning segment news producers, or if we're doing a weekend event or a weekend pop-up, the weekend anchor at a TV station, um, for business stories, entrepreneur stories, business reporters at our local media outlets. Um, you know, if you open up the magazine, it'll show you everybody's name and title. So this research piece of making sure we have the right editor, the right journalist. Um, if you go onto a lot of the TV stations websites and you find their team page, you'll, their emails are all right there. Mm. We have access to all this information. This is the biggest piece though, that takes the longest. If you can get this media Rolodex organized after like a month of dedicating time to research and build it out, you will feel so much more confident a month later, once you already know your players and who you're going to, to then pitch because you've already gotten familiar with them. You can research other articles they've written, make sure their topics are in alignment. Maybe you can contribute. Hey, I just saw that segment you ran on XYZ. I'm also in that space. Next time you're looking for an expert, I would love to contribute in these three to five ways to change the conversation a little bit and add value to your listeners making it about them and how you're going to help them because they are always, think about it. There are shows every day and there's, they need to fill so much time. So how are you making it personal about them? Like, you know, them, how are you going to be useful to them and get in and out? Cause these are busy people. And how important is the subject line in catching attentions here, right? Like you want to make sure that your subject line is sticky probably, right? As well. I mean, it's got to begin there. Yeah. And I will tell you having, built so many great relationships with media. Their biggest complaint always is that 
Um, you know, um, their inboxes are inundated. They are getting hit up every day, sometimes hundreds of emails. So how do we stand out? What is the new story we're giving them? What, what is, what is the hook? Right. And the twist, the angle, what makes it different? What is something they haven't heard? Yeah. The hook. So, you know, how, how are you solving a problem? How are you helping people? Are you launching something? Is there a new brick and mortar you're opening? These are the kind of things that can grab them in a subject, right? Something that's going to add value to their viewer or to their reader. And I will tell you, this is called public relations for a reason. This is a relationship business. It is our goal to become a reliable, trusted resource for journalists, make their jobs easy, make a TV producer's jobs easy. And because we do that, they then trust in us to continue to work with us every time they need an expert in our space. And that is how your relationships are built. And I've seen it firsthand. It's the only reason I'm still doing what I'm doing. It's the only way my clients keep getting pressed. You've got to put energy into investing into these genuine long-term relationships and figuring out how can I help these journalists? How can I give them a story? I love that. This is so good. You know, one of the things I heard on a panel recently, it was um, a local founders event and they had a bunch of media women on, including news anchors and magazine editors, right? Were you in that room? I wasn't, but I saw that they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think I wasn't there. I had, I watched it virtually. Um, and it was really great, you know, so I've, I've of course learned some things. And one of the things the, um, news anchor said, I believe it was the news anchor. She said, you know, and thank you for the follow-up. And I think so many people like, like keep following up, keep moving, right? Because they are so busy and they are so slammed and they may look and then they, they forget. I mean, their job is to not remember your story and your business and everything you want to promote, say, and sell. So they were, they all were very, adamant that it's okay to follow up and keep doing it. And we just had a, I had a girlfriend just get on the news and she's like, guys, it came after five pitches. Like, but no one is going to, and hear me loud and clear listener. No one is going to go harder for you and your business than you. No one's going to go harder for me than me. You have to keep pitching. You have to keep showing up. You have to keep adding value. Even if you're not getting responses, tell me your thoughts on that. So talk about confidence right? Yeah. Right. To get rejection and come back, rejection and come back. Yeah. 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 And I understand what it feels like to want something and we put ourselves out there. And if we don't hear back, the biggest thing that I would say, most of the media would say is not to take it personal. See, we forget because we get into this egoic space that they're busy or maybe they're being sidetracked 500 other things, or perhaps they're reading our pitch and thinking, you know what? This would make more sense a month from now. Let me file this away and then I'll get back to this person then. There's all kinds of ways that our lack of response from them could derail us. And so to your point, we keep resurfacing ourselves in a way that shows them we're here to help you. We're here to serve. We're here to add value to your station. To your point also, there's content needed every day. And let me give you another quick pointer too, for people, especially who are here in Scotland. Oh my God, this is good. I'm taking notes. I have a notebook by me. Yes. Are you kidding me? So one thing that goes on here that I always joke about is because it gets so hot here in the summer and so many people vacate town, think about how many people leave and these anchors and these journalists and these reporters still need stories. And so I always joke that if you are here during the summer, yeah, I think me, you me. set yourself up for- <laughs> I'm going on a summer tour. Yes, because they need to feature people who are here and they want to tell stories. So I, I do think that um, you know when we talk about carving out time, 
we want to focus on building the trust with the journalists, with the TV producers, and sometimes just showing that we've researched them and that we're making the effort to create that tie-in to them in an email can go so far, right? Um, yeah. Calling out something you saw them talk about is a great way to, to start building a rapport. Also, you know, obviously this was different during COVID, um, but I'd say now you're going to see that more journalists and media folks are more prone to going out again. I grew up in the industry. All we did was throw big press events and media events and we always had yeah. to come. I think now, you know, if you have a brick and mortar location and you offer a service or you own a restaurant and you can have people come in and dine or you are a service provider or you have courses, think about too, what does it look like for me to offer a complimentary experience to a reporter so that they get firsthand access and behind the scenes to what I am actually creating as an experience? Because being able to write or give you that third-party credibility from a place of them experiencing it is so powerful. And at the end of the day, I always tell people, do not get into publicity for your brand or business if you are expecting to get sales out of it. It is an energetic yeah. play. It is a relationship build. It is brand credibility, getting third-party credibility from someone outside of your family or your friends or your circle and yeah. <laughs> media endorse it is really powerful. It is. And so yeah. I don't want people to be afraid to go for these opportunities because they're there. Yes. yes. It's a business card. Like that's yeah. what I'm always thinking. I'm like, you know, you may hate social media, but you've got to show up. It's like you, if anything, just get a few tiles on your page yeah. that really represent your business because you know, we're Googling you. And this is all going to help with SEO and get this on your website and make you really Googleicious. And yeah. this is something I talk about yeah. in speaker school. Like, are you Googleicious? Be because before I'm hiring you, like, legit, I'm Googling you. Yeah. Googleicious <laughs> so is perfect because the other thing, too, is that when you get the press opportunities, we have to remember most of these things do live in search, which is great. And how are we leveraging them? I can't, it pains me when I see people get press opportunities and they do nothing with them. They need to go onto your social platforms. They need to go onto your website. They need to go into a media kit. They need to go into, you know, a real, I mean, leveraging the heck out of them so that it can yeah. amplify other opportunities. I love this. Okay. Media kit. So I have my position on, and I have a media kit, obviously I have a beautiful website, all the things yeah. we do, right? We have our, we have our social, we have our website, we have, but I have a media kit and my perspective on the media kit and, and tell me if I'm understanding this, this wrong, but I believe, um, cause I think people get confused. They're like, well, I have a website. Why would I need a media kit? But my, my perspective, what I heard about a media kit, and maybe you'll debunk the myth or add some value to it, um, is that when you start getting some traction and you start pitching yourself, you will get opportunities to present. And a media kit is a message to the media that you take your business and your brand professionally. Like, I'm not going to make you go Google me. I'm not going to make you go click any links. I'm literally going to attach an attachment that's going to make it really easy for you to see how big of a boss I am. Okay. Is that your person? Okay. So you're nodding. Am I getting that right? Like a media kit is smart to have, even if you have a website and if so, what should be in it? So kind of two-part question. Yeah. So good. So one thing I would suggest is uh, yes, as you are getting opportunities, housing them in a media kit or a deck 
that can be created so easily with a photo of you, your bio, and a flash yeah. kind of, you know, highlight of some of the features you've gotten or some of the TV segments. There's no reason not to have this. It can help you in a bevy of ways. It can help you gain sponsorships, media opportunities, you know, speaking. I, I mean, it's endless. So why not create this, right? What I would suggest if you include it in an email, though, because it does showcase a lot to a media personality very quickly. What we don't want to do, though, we would want to um, hyperlink it in the email or beautiful, right? So that because what what happens is when we start sending images or heavy things, it clogs uh-huh. up your email. So good. So that's a really kind of I'd say insider tip is like hyperlink. And then when we email them, the best thing we can do is keep the emails really clean. So hyperlinks to websites, hyperlinks to Dropbox of images, hyperlinks to our deck. Um, Bullets are really digestible. Here's three to five ways I can create a segment for you. Here's three to five ways I can help your, you know, viewers understand this really important thing going on, you know, for you right now, I think even Judy, we're in a world right now where so many people are leaving corporate America. They are feeling more free than ever to pursue their dreams. And, you know, someone like you, I I see so many, just, I could see it in my mind, you going on and telling people, you know, that, that not only how they can use obviously stages to, you know, amplify their message, but but what a great time. I mean, people are being fired left and right from jobs. These companies are going down. I know so many people trying to get into this world. And so think about too, um, for anyone listening, cycles in, in the economy. How can we tie our message back to news cycles, current events, and, and insert ourselves as the expert in these economic times around holidays, around things in the calendar Beautiful. that help them with where you tie in? The other thing I would say real quick that's so important is to remember that if you're pitching yourself in your local market, national as well, but specifically local, we have to remember that magazines work three to five months in advance. So if you're wanting to get into a print outlet, uh, whether you're launching something or you're in a soft launch phase or you're opening you know, a business four months from now, Think about the timing also as you're reaching out to the magazine specifically, because that's what we call long lead. Short lead would be anything more in real time, which is TV opportunities, online articles, podcasts. These things kind of land more in current time, real time. The magazines would come out a couple months down the road. So that's super important to think about when you are calendaring out that time to research think, okay, well, you know, are we launching a holiday, something for holiday that would be great for a holiday gift guide, right? Things like that, where your product or your service maybe could fold into issues that they're working on. I love that because if you want to be in a magazine uh, for the holidays, say November or December, you're going to want to be talking about that late summer, early spring um, and really lining up your pitch strategy for the fall in print and then your pitch strategy a little bit more acutely for the media, um, which which happens fast. I mean, I had a friend who literally was like, she had been working to get on Good Morning America and they were literally like, yeah, hi, can you be, thank goodness she lives in New York. So I guess it's her backyard, lives close to New York and could get up there. But she's like, yeah, I'm like literally going tomorrow. And she's like, yes, I'll be there, you know, and she could, so those can move really fast. And when a door opens, the question is, you know, 
are you going to bet on yourself and, and leverage that opportunity? You know, when we think about pitching, um, I love that you talked about keeping it brief. One of the things we teach in speaker school is my friend Erin wrote a book called Digital Persuasion, and she's an Irish girl. So she talks about the pub method, which is personal, useful brief, right? Like literally getting in and getting out. (laughs) The other thing I talk, so you got to make them personal, useful and brief. And I talk about that in speaker school, like what that looks like, sharing examples of how I do it. But the other thing I give in speaker school is I really share the sort of pitch outline that's a little bit more robust. It still follows the pub method, but essentially what I'm doing in my pitch and tell me what you'd add to this or what, you know, what your advice would be. So normally what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in and I'm going to have a strong subject line. So maybe it's, you know, if I'm pitching, um, you know, an an outlet where it's a a female audience or it's a female magazine, I know it's gonna be a lot of female readers, you know, I may say how to fear less and live more. And then I would say high contact and I would check to make sure their name is spelled felt right, right? I would open with something that is relevant or timely for them. Like, you know, when working with women across industries from the stay-at-home mom to the CEO, here's what we hear. um, And we all know. So like, kind of like, how is this relevant? What's my unique angle? Then I kind of move into like, well, why me? Like, who am I? What do I do? Why am I relevant to this? Um, And then I move into a little sentence that's like, okay, this, like, here's why this is exclusive. Like, I'm going to share with you this exclusive Thing. I've got this thing for your audience because this is what I know you're doing. And then like, what's the call to action? Yeah. So that's kind of my algorithm, like strong subject line. Is it relevant and timely? Why me? Does it feel exclusive? And then like a call to action. Yeah. Am I on the right track there? Yes. So okay, yay. Yes, of course you are. Of course, of course you are. Yes, that is great. It, you know, I think it's hard for people to understand because it is so overwhelming. How do we share our why? How do we share why, how we got into what we're doing? Why do we like helping people? What are the benefits of our programs or services, right? All these things. The way you tee that up is great. You can visually even take your part and bullet it out, right? Showcase longevity of your expertise. I've been at this for X amount of years. Here are other brands that I've, right? You can um, there's so much you can tie in. I always say to, you just want to get out the basic who, what, when, where, and why. And you did that because th- what they're looking for is, yeah, who you are, why you're relevant, why you're relevant to whatever you're, you're pitching and how can you help educate yeah. our readers or our viewers? And so you just did that. You absolutely nailed it. And then you can hyperlink, like I said, you know, to your media kit, to your, your bio, right? Here's a little bit more about me. I would even add some sort of closing statement where you say, I am available to come in studio immediately and create this opportunity for you. Oh, that's good. You I'm can add draw that. them in with a, you know, um, I am available to contribute this article with all of these great tips for your readers. If it's too much to have someone do an interview, even go that far to show them that you're willing to write the article because contributing now is a whole other thing that didn't exist years ago where people can garner that placement and, and just write it themselves. And so, um, sometimes you can throw those kind of things in there too. If it feels, if it feels 
genuine and, you know, I love that yeah. because it's so spiritual too. Like I did that. I, you know, I do that with anything I want in yeah. life. I, I talk to God. I talk to source. I talk to my higher power. I talk to whoever <laughs> it is that you believe in. And I, and, and that is one of the things I say, I'm like, I'm available. I'm available for this. I'm ready. I'm available. And I need you all to know I am available for the money. I am available for the yes. students. I am available for the, I'm available for the keynote. I'm yes. available for. And so I love that we're coming back to like the spirituality of this too, yes. because you have to believe like, if you can't even imagine yourself doing it, you're not going to get very far. And how can our brain, like if, we have to give our brain something to aim at, right? Like it has to have a signal to map itself to. So you, even if you're not all the way there yet, your knees are shaking like Bambi, you have to sort of sit into the pocket of that. So I love ending. I'm going to change my CTA to, um, you know, I am available. I think my CTA says something like now, like, you know, for reference, my, here's my media kit link, right? Hyperlink for your, I'd love to have this conversation on your show. Look forward to your thoughts. Now I'm going to say, I look forward to having this conversation on your show or in your magazine, insert whatever. And I'm available to do that when you're ready. Like I am available. So call, holla at your girl, holla at your girl and let's go. Right. (laughs) I love love that. Big time. And yes, that, that's, that's the piece. This is an energetic play. And I've yet to meet anyone in my industry that teaches it this way. Cause I know there's a lot of beautiful people out there talking about press, but I think only because of my own journey and my own soulful expansion have I been able to parlay into teaching people that this is an energetic play. You can be open to receiving and ready. And then by the way, when the Good Morning America, the Today Show calls, well, let's add another layer of receiving in. Or how are you showing up prepared for that type of segment? Because we're talking about our A-game. Those are once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, right? And I would even say to be in the mindset of understanding that your local segments should make you feel that same way. If this yes. is my shot, how am I going on to show these TV anchors? Like a pro. I am here to play. I respect their time. I respect the opportunity. I am grateful as heck. I respect myself I respect and my work, myself. right? Yeah. Yes. And you nail that segment and will walk away feeling so empowered and so lit up. And you know, what you said earlier about your friend, which I love too, is I believe so much in all these national opportunities. So I just want to make sure no one listening thinks I say, dream, dream, dream bigger than we can even imagine. Like go beyond our wildest dreams always. Yes. But having said that, it's not every day that someone's going to get a call to come on Good Morning America, the Today Show. So the whole premise of my business is to teach people that there are other things also waiting for you while you're on the road to get there. And that these are also really powerful. I've seen these opportunities literally change the trajectory of people's businesses because some CEO saw a local segment and just offered someone a life-changing opportunity for their brand. And if that person wasn't watching that show, that wouldn't have happened, but it happened. It's so good. We we got this question the other day. I sat on a panel about pitching and social media and, you know, somebody said, well, what if, I'm, I, you know, I hate to go live because it's like one person. I'm like, uh, 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 uh. 
Uh, You never know. It's a stage. It's practice. It can live on your timeline. So let's jump in. Let's get to work. Let's not be weird and awkward. Let's, it's a tape. (laughs) And, you know, there have been so many times as a speaker, like as a professional speaker where I've gone into rooms and there's been 15 people in that room. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, 15 people, but one girl in one of those specific events, her dad worked for a major motor company. She calls her dad and goes, you got to know about this girl. Dad calls me. We hit it off. He hires me. That one event paid keynote turned into a 20 gig contract with so a 15 person women's event for Boston Red Sox. Shout out. They're one of my favorite clients. That one girl in that room opened a door for me with her dad, which, so again, don't discount any, anything, any of it. It's about leveraging it and reps in the game. So I love this, Nicole. We have to kind of recap here. We have to, number one, believe that we are worthy of it. And that just because you're not on Good Morning America doesn't mean you're not killing it. You can be in your local network and be killing it. Okay. Number two, you have to schedule time to pitch and just start the researching process and get your mind right and carving out time. Number three, local is the name of the game. Build a build almost like a demo tape of you doing local. So get your pitch game together, yeah. schedule time for it, build your list, and then start pitching, start getting on the air and leveraging that into your reel to pitch into bigger arenas. Yeah. And then last but not least, when you are pitching, making sure that your subject line is sticky. That so I guess it includes, yeah. you know, a few things. A good subject line, spell their name right. <laughs> How is it relevant to them and their audience? Yeah. Why are you the expert? Does it feel exclusive? Is there like a carrot to to dangle? And then like, I am available and asking for it. What else are we missing? Is there anything else we should add to that that I need to tell? Okay, because this is so good. Yes. That, I mean, here's the reality. I could sit, we could talk about this for- For five hours. You might need to be like a regular OG (laughs) guest. Like we're going to do like pitching corner. This this could go on for weeks, but in a nutshell, for someone who's listening- who just needs to get a fire lit under them and remind them that they are awesome and available for the taking of these opportunities. This is a great way to adjust the mindset and get organized right now to start putting yourself in the position to receive these local press opportunities. Let's go. I love it. Nicole, you are such a gift. Um, and I feel like we need to like be legit friends here in Arizona. So I cannot wait to take you for coffee. So we're going to do that like legit. Um, in the meantime, how can all these fabulous women and business owners and humans that I know have a business they want to shine a light on. Yeah. How can we find you? I think you're launching something pretty dope to yourself yeah. um, really soon. So this okay. is, girl, this is where you pitch and you get to plug <laughs> your stuff. Yeah. So um, talk to me. And guys, I'll link up in the show notes to everything, Nicole, but give us the cliff notes of what you got up your sleeve. I'm so excited about Thank it. Thank you. So a couple of things um, that came through on my journey the last couple of years, but I do work with one-on-one clients. Um, I also coach people and teach people this, how to get their own press. Um, so strategy calls, I'm launching a membership this month where just twice a month, we can just talk through things that pertain to your Brilliant. in a group and I can answer questions that are specific to you and your business. Um, you can reach me, um, through DM at Nicole Maiden on Instagram to get more info about that. And I'm in the process of writing my first book um, that's launching in August, which is a step-by-step guide to how to garner press in your local market. So, Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Like, yes. And (laughs) like, 
The world needs that book and your perspective on it, right? Because no one's doing PR the way you're doing PR because no one is you. And Nicole, honestly, over the years, I've always thought that that is like my pitching secret and my like speech writing secret, like my performance secret. Be me. Because no one can steal that because no no one can be you. No one. And I will tell you right now, if I can leave one thing with your audience. That's your parting words. Oh my God, your parting PR Authenticity will win every time. I love that at almost 44 years old, I get to just be me. I don't need to do anything else. And everybody listening needs to understand that as wonderful you, you are worthy of these opportunities just as you are. Oh, if I could drop this mic, I'd drop it, Um, but it's hooked to a a boom, so I can't. Um, Nicole, you are, guys, I really hope you have pages of notes. Go back and listen to this episode again. Go get all the Nicole things into your world. Uh, Instagram, I just shared one of your Instagram stories uh, about that authenticity just the other, like just last night um, as I was preparing for you and like going through all the things, Nicole, um, and like, you know, laughing and loving all your pictures like Justin Timberlake and the Backstreet Boys and all your like, because she she was sharing her story of like her journey and her progression. And the thing that has always made Nicole unique is Nicole. And the only, and the thing that has made me unique is me. And guys, the best business strategy on the planet is to be yourself. And honestly, if you can put yourself on stages, um, in magazines, on Instagram, on actual stages, this is the work I'm teaching in speaker school. And this is the work that's going to be inside of Nicole's, uh, community courses, memberships, and of course, future books. So Nicole, I adore you. I thank you for the gold that you just gave us today. I took a page of notes. I'm going to make some tweaks to my pitch and how fun is that? Because now I can share it in speaker school, which is so cool. So thank you for being here, my friends. And my goodness, guys, if you liked anything Nicole had to say today, you're going to love following her. So Nicole, I can't wait to have, we might have to have you back on the show someday soon. One of of these days we'll get you back when your book comes out. Ooh, when your book comes out, we'll get you back on to talk about it. I can't wait. You're the best. I'm so grateful. Back at you. Ciao. 